This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House USA, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders in America. My name is Nick Hoadley and I'm the CEO of Insurance Search. We specialize in helping insurance businesses grow and multiply their growth by attracting, recruiting and retaining the highest performing insurance professionals in the country. Each week in the Coffee House, we interview leading insurance business leaders and discover how they achieve their success, learn what advice they have for other aspiring insurance business leaders, and we discover what makes their business an attractive proposition for high-performing talent. This week, we are joined by Jeff Lump, President of Highland's Grand Rapids office in Michigan. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. It's a pleasure to have you join us today, Jeff. Really looking forward to hearing your insights and learning a bit more about your career and the work you're doing there at Highland. Before we start with the main questions for today, can I just ask you to share a little bit further your experience? I know you didn't come through a traditional route with your background, so if we could just find out a little bit more about that and then the work you're doing there now at Highland. Sure. Yeah, my career started uh, in a very different direction. I um graduated from college and jumped into the commercial bank of a large regional bank called Fifth Third Bank and did about a year in the commercial bank and eventually kind of climbed through uh, the financial corporate finance route. And I got pulled into corporate finance after the first year and uh, eventually kind of moved into positions like uh, the divisional CFO for the retail and business bank uh, for the state of Michigan. And uh, after a few years, got pulled in and to move over to Toledo, Ohio, and take over as a CFO of the affiliate over there, which was an amazing experience for a young guy and a great opportunity to learn a ton. And in fact, that's kind of frankly where I made my leap uh, over to insurance afterwards was I got to know the Highland family, uh, which is, you know, they're headquartered out there in Toledo and uh, they're just a, a wonderful group of people, people, high integrity, they were a large client of Fifth Thirds, and Richard Highland, one of the the brothers at the third generation principal level, uh, were was on my board and got to know him well. And in fact, my wife actually started working at Highland when I moved out to Toledo, and so there's just a lot of connectivity with the company. And Fifth Third uh, tried to move me to Cincinnati uh, right around late 2015, and when I declined that opportunity because I just didn't want to move that far away from home. The Highland family kind of grabbed me and gave me a proposition that I could not refuse, and uh, <laughs> and said, "Hey, let's get you home. Uh, we want to do some kind of cool things out in that market, and we think you could do a do a great job with this." And not really looking for you to be the the number one top insurance expert. We're really looking more for a strategic guy to to drive the brand and grow the operation out there. And uh, as a young guy, I thought that sounded like a really fun challenge and. I mean, it took me a few months, don't get me wrong, because that was a pretty big leap uh, to change that that level of a career. But, you know, you look back and you always ask yourself, if I would do it over again, would I have still done it? And uh, we've answered that question, yes, every time. And uh, my wife and I are thrilled to be home uh, where we grew up here in West Michigan. And 
the company has just been absolutely fantastic and definitely came with its challenges, which we'll talk about here at some point today. But, you know, we are in a great spot and, and doing wonderful things. So it's been fun. It sounds like the opportunity to join the, the company as opposed to joining the industry per se, that really drew you in. I think Highland has done a nice job growing or grabbing uh, talent from out of the industry who are just very strong business people, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about that as well later today too, I'm sure, which I think is a pretty smart and unique move. And uh, there's so much potential when you can approach a client from more of a business perspective and insurance second or benefits second. And I think you gain a little bit more trust and credibility when you come from a their world to begin with and you've sat on the other side of the, of the table you know so it's been uh it's been great and it's been really fun seeing highland you know grab some really cool talent uh from around the country for that what advantages have you found coming from that financial experience that you've had previously i think it's just more so in the uh the dynamics of the dialogue that we talked through and you know a lot of times you know i i do i get really excited when we start diving into the the uniqueness of the company, their performance, what they're doing, uh, what their strategy has been, you know, which which division is really getting the growth and why. And, you know, before we know it, the CFO and the CEO that we're talking to are kind of, you know, we're starting to have some fun diving into things. And uh, also we're kind of getting towards the end of the, the meeting that we have scheduled and we really haven't even started in some cases. Right. But uh, um, I think I think it's uh it's nice, and I've gotten feedback that it's kind of nice to be talking to somebody that's not really, I guess, salesy, if you will, but more inquisitive and trying to figure out. I mean, most of the time, there's a lot of intention between the, the questions that I'm asking and learning about their company, because, you know, when you ask the right questions, you can narrow the scope of what we want to actually talk about to what really ultimately matters or could matter to them that they didn't know mattered um, based on the dialogue we're having. And you know, that's such a different approach than kind of going to a, a prospect or even a client for that matter and, and just trying to like dump the whole world of our of our company on them. And although there's lots of solutions and resources and all that stuff, they just don't mean anything to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and so being able to try to figure out the path there. And I my goal always when I came into the company was I want to know at least a little bit about everything you know, so I can connect the dots. I don't need to be an expert in everything. I just need to know a little bit about everything. And, you know, over time you start to, that little bit turns into more and more, which is great. But that is, uh, that's definitely been a a differentiator for me. And it's helped me also get pretty connected in the community on different boards, you know, where they're looking for more financial support, more so than insurance support, but it's a great way to kind of connect within the business community. I, I always encourage our team to become more of an advisor, a trusted advisor, more so than just dumping solutions and, you know, being that insurance person, be the, be the advisor first. Fantastic. Thank thank you so much for that, Jeff. I think it's really important for our listeners to gain a little bit of understanding about you and your background before hearing the main body of our interview today. So, so thank you for that. Before we start our questions, can I just ask you the, the, the all important question for the insurance coffee house? What's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? Oh, well, at home, which has been, you know, my primary office of late, I would tell you uh, we've been really rocking and rolling with the the Big B coffee. And that's just the the coffee we put in the coffee maker and blend it up. But uh, that seems to be our go-to bag that we're buying. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, when I want to step things up, 
that's when I go to a Starbucks and get a latte and then, you know, you're fired up for the day. So just in peace for the day. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Jeff, how did you break into your leadership position and how did you find that transition from your previous role? Yeah. Uh, well, I think that kind of starts um, back a little bit. So I guess for those of you who are wondering, I, I'm about 35 years old today. And when I was about 27 was when I started to move into more of a senior leadership role. And most of the time, you know, even when I was in finance, you know, in a, in a lower level finance role, you're still this influent, influential leader. You're trying to help you know, steer the leadership and steer the their teams to do the right things. And as you moved into more of that senior leadership role, you you really try not to lose that, I guess, empathy, but also really trying to connect with the people. And but more or less at this point, getting your executive team to get on board first. And I always kind of say get on board because I, I think it's really important for I may see that the the path makes sense sense in the black and white and the data supports it, but you've got to get these guys bought in or you're not going to get anything accomplished. So that breakthrough really happened probably right around that time when I moved to Toledo and took over as the as the affiliate or regional CFO for the bank. And you know, that that was a great opportunity. I mean, again, it was it was a young guy coming in. I was um uh, the next youngest person on our executive team over there was probably 50, you know, and you had to I kind of was, I've, I've always been fighting the path of uh, the young guy trying to fit in and uh, constantly trying to build credibility. And But, you know, typically it doesn't take too long. And when you do, it's um, it's a great thing. And people realize that this guy's here for a reason. He's, he's smart. He's a hard worker. And uh, he's willing to go the extra mile and to figure out how to make things work. And so... That was uh, that was kind of what happened, and kind of mentioned as I mentioned earlier, the bank had started to go through more of a regionalization, centralizing a lot of the functions of the bank, and they asked me to move to fifth or to Cincinnati, take on the VP of Investor Relations, and when I turned that down, that was a really really hard decision to make because I knew it was probably the last job at Fifth Third I'd have, and it was a great place to work, and they treated me very well, but that was when you know, the Highlands kind of came after me and I, I I took that leap of faith and it has been just a dream since. Can I ask you, what, what, what's been the biggest achievement then so far in your leadership career? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's perfect. And it bleeds directly into what we're just talking about. Cause I, I honestly, I think um, there's been a lot of like little wins and all that stuff throughout the career. But as I look back, I think what was the most challenging uh, part of my career so far was really that first year, year and a half uh, coming into Highland. And it, and it wasn't uh, anything company related. It was simply, you know, the, the office here in Grand Rapids uh, had been around for about nine, 10 years at the time. And, you know, it was for the most part, uh, a great, great office, great culture, great people. You know, the retention was fantastic. The clients that worked with us loved working with us. You know, lots of really, really talented insurance experts. Uh, I came in there again, very much the young guy and uh, probably by 20 years at that time within the office. And um, and so, you know, here's a guy who's coming in uh, who knew a lot about banking, right? Knew a lot about finance, knew a lot about that stuff to come into this space where I, I frankly didn't know anything. And, and then kind of thrown into a little bit of a leadership role at the time. And Highland kind of moved me in as uh, the VP of business development for about a year just to kind of get my feet wet before transitioning me to the president role, and uh, which I'm glad they did. But, you know, I think it was a real challenge for the team 
when uh, when the transition happened. I mean, I think that my predecessor was a very well respected, a very well liked guy, and I'm so thankful he's still here because uh, he's excellent at what he does. And in fact, you know, he, he has told me multiple times this is this is where he loves to be. You know, and so I think um, you know, as the team realized he was happy, um, and and it's actually part of the of the of this happening. <laughs> And then I was able to help engage and re-engage the team and get them um, really feeling what they needed to feel to prosper. And then, uh, you know, really kind of doing a few things where, you know, we brought some more talent into the house. We didn't lose anyone that was that we really didn't want to lose. Um, and so to go through that and have no real turnover, no big changes, and now also turning the place into a place that's thriving and uh, has been just an absolute wonderful achievement for us. We've grown over 50% in the last three years, and um, and I'm just extremely proud of that. So I, I look back and think, my God, uh, driving that, that culture, not losing it, but only trying to help make it better has been uh, the be- probably the best achievement outside of any award you could get for sure that's a fantastic achievement jeff and i can only imagine being being the young guy in the office 20 years younger than everybody else with no insurance background with a lot of people with some great experience there must have been a real real challenge for you so yeah how, how did you bring those people on board with you yeah. Um, you know, I think what happened over time was, uh, you know, I worked really hard to learn as much as I possibly could from them. And, um, and eventually, you know, as we started to kind of get more and more connected in the community, we started um, working with different pers- prospects together. We started getting some nice wins and started building some credibility. Um, you know, I was grabbing the team uh, on different opportunities, which they appreciated. I think once they all realized I'm here to only help try my best to make them better and make the office better. And I'm not coming in here to do anything negative, like clean house or do anything like that. It's a, it's a family company. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so great. Yeah. And uh, everybody kind of started to get on board and just take, it took a lot of just time spending individually with people. And also, yeah, I think, in, in this business, again, I, I use the word credibility. I think over time, you just have to build it. You know, you, it takes some time and people need to kind of buy into you and see that you're you're real and yeah. you can do things. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you're a quick learner. That's important. <laughs> yeah, you certainly had to be. You certainly had to be. Jeff, has there been a time in your career where you've been overlooked for a position? And if you have, how did you go about dealing with that? Yeah, I think the last time... You know, I, I specifically went for a job on my own would have been when I was still at the bank and I was kind of making that leap into corporate finance. So I had a, a team member or one of the senior leadership guys um, had reached out to me and said, hey, you're a smart guy. You're a finance guy, right? I said, yeah, he goes, well, you should look into this opportunity. Well, I was, I've always been a very, very uh, focused development plan, professional planning kind of guy. Of course, uh, I didn't even know that this was an option for me, so it wasn't part of my path, but um, got me excited and I, and I got on board with the, the idea of going into finance early because my, my aspiration was always to be a CFO of a company um, coming out of college. And so I thought, well, my gosh, this could be cool. I could you know, take that same route with the bank versus, you know, working with a bunch of clients and maybe going to work with one of them. <laughs> so uh, I went for the job. Uh, I did not get it. Uh, I remember being very bummed because I really got myself bought into it and I wanted it really bad. But, you know, I was still a young guy and it was a 
it was a pretty good role. Um, so then, uh, you know, it was funny cause it within just a couple of weeks, um, another analyst job, uh, for the commercial line of business had opened up and, um, and I went for that too. And I, and I didn't get that either. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny cause both times, uh, you know, one, one guy, who got it the first, the first position, um, was just a, a really smart guy came from other bank. And then the other guy was like out of college, but one of those like top of the ACT top GMAT, you name it scores. And I think got people excited about, you know, their potential. And I mean, I was a smart guy. I was a three, nine student in college, but, um, but Anyway, so I, I got passed. But what I did at that point was I sat down with both of those hiring managers and I just asked for feedback. You know, I said, what um, what what kind of things can I do and what can I you know, I want to develop my my now I want to kind of change my development plan and really focus on how can I make this my next goal? So like, help me figure out what do I need to do to, to get you guys comfortable? So when the next opportunity comes, like I'm the first person you're asking for and, and there's no real, there's no real doubt in your mind. And I got a lot of good feedback later in my career because eventually both of those two individuals did not work out. And, uh, and so then they reached out to me and, you know, although I was a third choice, uh, I ended up working out pretty well. <laughs> so uh, I, I got the feedback from them that, you know, it really resonated with them that I took the time to get some feedback and and figure out what things I need to work on and demonstrate in the interview process. And um, so it was uh, it was really rewarding. And not to mention, once I got in there and they gave me a shot, it was just kind of one opportunity after another that started trickling in. So I'm glad I stuck with it and I didn't give up and I'm glad I learned from the mistakes maybe I made at the beginning. So, yeah, I, I really love the fact you asked that feedback. I think, you know, often opportunities and roles that come up, they they might be the perfect opportunity for us at the time, but actually for the employer, you're not quite ready or there's certain things that, that other people have. And actually, if you can get that feedback and learn from those experiences and put things in place to turn things around, so that next time those opportunities come up, you're you're there ready to grab it with both hands. Right, really, really admirable, actually. And um, I think a lot of people can can learn from that. So th- thank you for that, Jeff. Moving into the present day, how are you adopting new technology or implementing digital change into the business to meet the customers' needs? Well, you know, I mean, this is a great year uh, in 2020 to be talking about technology use, right? <laughs> I think uh, we've done a really good job. I mean, obviously, Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams and WebEx and all these kind of go-to meetings, these things have all been things we've had. I don't think anybody really, frankly, knew how to use them outside of a webinar. And um, so we've definitely found great ways to leverage this te- this kind of technology to stay more connected probably than we were when we were sitting five feet from one another. <laughs> um, and in fact, it's been great with, uh, with clients and with prospects as well. And I think there's still that, uh, that need for, you know, person to person relationship uh, building that's, that's critical, but I think this has been a, a wonderful substitute over the time, but better, but from our, our uh, view from the agency side is, you know, how do we get more efficient? What are ways that we can use technology to make the customer experience better? And so through that, we've uh, we've adapted into a, a couple of, uh, of great opportunities that our IT teams are working through to hopefully 
uh, help improve our systems and different ways to connect with the, with the end users, which is going to be really great. Excited to see how that all shakes out. But you know, we've also put a ton of focus into you know analytics platforms for uh, our clients on the benefit side. Uh, we've done we've got best in class risk management RIMIS systems to help drive KPIs and not only just from a claims perspective, but you know how we performing uh, with risk management accounts such as Origami uh, would be more of that platform. We've uh, and just invested in a lot of different resources too from that end from a pharmacy perspective. I mean it's it, it's like one thing after another that kind of comes in and but I think we do a good job of. Uh, helping vet out what the right solution is for our for our clients. And in fact, we've even, you know, kind of adopted into a, a relationship with a third party that's really, frankly, part of our company that helps clients even figure out their own technology, uh, best in class uh, type of solutions that fit them the most versus, you know, Highland coming in and saying, these are the things you get. So it's been really, uh, really cool watching how we can use technology to make their experiences better. And, you know, whether it's property, casualty or employee benefits, there's just constantly new resources we can bring. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a very forward thinking business. Try some time ahead. Uh, Jeff, what do you see as the major challenges ahead for insurance executives and how should they adapt to be successful in these times? You know, I think the uh, well, there's a few things that are. The obvious ones would just be obviously being able to really discuss what's going on in the marketplace and help your clients understand what's going on. Because what we're seeing today is something we most insurance people haven't seen before in their career uh, on the property casualty side. And even those who you know worked in the 80s when probably was the last hard market that was out there. So you know being very in tune with the marketplace and be able to have a, a very good conversation that doesn't sound like you're making excuses, but reality is is just frankly what's going on out there. And so that's that's obviously a good challenge. But I think the other main thing is is really trying to do your best to step out of uh, I hate to say, but mediocrity and and just being so insurance focused that that's all you think about and look at. I think the biggest opportunity for uh, insurance executives would be again, striving their absolute best to be uh, a business advisor first, you know, and right. um, listening so much more, asking good questions, you know, not just little probing questions that you find online that's that correlates with that industry, but adapting yourself to be able to uh, mold into any industry you're talking to, uh, leverage the resources you have at your fingertips from experts, uh, learn from them, and bring that kind of knowledge to the table. And I think selling more and more as a team is going to be a way to kind of get through some of those challenges. But we have a lot of turnover that's that's coming down the pipe here. You know, being prepared for turnover uh, and changes within these relationships is, is frankly not necessarily a challenge, but very much an opportunity. But it can be a challenge for our agency when we do have retirements that happen and how do we really surround these relationships so they feel still very connected even when their producer leaves. And yep. so that's uh, that's going to be a big deal coming up here. But I again, I think it's just I always I tell some of our new producers, you know, I want you to focus more on on business. You know, like you learn your you learn the business of insurance, of course. But you know, they look for books like what what kind of things should I read and blah 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 blah. I go, let's get into some leadership books. Let's get into some business supply chain books, and you know, let's talk about some of those things. So. I think those are all great opportunities to kind of overcome some challenges uh, that are out there and help us just become business, better business people. 
I think there's certainly a huge succession issue, predominantly in the mid-market sector in the United States. Um, but that that certainly brings opportunity. That brings great opportunity to younger, ambitious insurance executives out there and to really make a mark on things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that's kind of where, you know, that donut approach, I mean, it's hard to find, uh, you know, mid-30s and young-40s uh, really solid insurance people that are out there in that age group because it, I don't know if just at, at one point insurance just was not sexy of a job to get into so no one went into it for a while or or what but there's there's now a fair amount of newbies who are coming in and then there's a lot of oldies <laughs> who are going out and that that middle ground is tough and what's really hard from the agency side is those who are pretty good in that age group they're bought in with equity you name it and it's uh it's just really tough to pull that level of talent so the challenge in the in the agency side is really developing a very very good development platform for young people so they can grow them because that's a that's an investment not everybody makes it in the space it's hard and I, I actually think that's one of the positive things for the industry that that's come from the covid situation is that actually if you look at risk in the insurance industry as a whole we've managed to deal with the crisis and perform pretty well return some pretty good numbers during this time as opposed to some of those shiny potentially more lucrative opportunities in the tech space where those companies just don't have the financial resources to deal with and troubles like this and i think the maturity of the insurance market the deep pockets that a lot of the businesses have i think will be very attractive for people over the over the next few years so i, th- I think is definitely some opportunity there Jeff, uh, we now turn to the espresso round, so-called as the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. So can I ask you, are you ready for the espresso round? Oh, I'm ready. All ready. Good to hear it, Jeff. The espresso round. Jeff, what are the characteristics about your business that makes it a great place to work? Well, I think it goes down to uh, family, culture, resources, and teamwork are probably uh, the top. I mean, uh, I'll tell you that's, uh, and, and it, culture is so important to a company like Pilot that, I mean, we don't even just, we don't go out there and just make random mergers and acquisitions, buy places for top line. You know, we buy them for talent. Uh, the top line's a perk and helps make the investment more palatable. But, you know, if, if the revenue looks great, but the people are not the right kind of fit, the same thing goes with uh, when we hire somebody. We're very, very selective on the people we bring into our company, and it's for a reason. We don't want those individuals that bring the culture down. You know, it, this is a high pace, very can be very intense industry, and I think what's really great is when one of our one of our family members, I call them our family, our employee family, is going through a tough time. Maybe they lost a, a family member or something like that. I mean, our team comes around them and they go to their, they'll be there with the funeral. They'll be there. You name it. Uh, and on the flip side, if someone's getting married or someone's uh, having a baby or something like that, we're celebrating birthdays. We're celebrating wedding showers, baby showers. I mean, it's, it's really pretty cool. And it's, it's those little things that, that I think a lot of people just, you know, don't really care about or don't think they care about at some companies, but you know, I know it matters and I know our teammates appreciate it. So I think that's ultimately what makes us great. And I think it's also the the way we we pull in our, we kind of look at the family as not only the family, the employee family, the client family, and our carrier family. And we need them all. They're all very important. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of companies out there who discuss a, a family culture, but it's it does sound like you live and breathe it, which is which is brilliant. 
what opportunities do you provide to high-performing insurance professionals who want to progress their career? Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great question. Well, there's there's two things. So there's kind of a two prong. Um, let's just say we we bring in a new a new producer to Highland. Today they they come into a two year program regardless of their their experience, and it's called our our client executive success development program. And you know they're matched up with a corporate mentor. They're matched up with a another seasoned producer. Uh, in the market and or out of the market just depends on you know what the need is and what the kind of person is and they there's a lot of core things that they go through with groups but then their their own individual path is very much you know developed based on needs and their experience and what they're trying to get out of that but there's a lot of opportunity within that and it's not just from a gonna get you kind of synced in with our culture and what we do uh, but also helping you think the way we think helping you understand our process. Cause I think our sales process is probably a little bit more unique. We, we don't, we don't quote to win business very often. It's very rare. Uh, we really need to help a, a client and a prospect understand the value of working with Highland as a trusted advisor, more so than, you know, we just brought them a good price. Yeah. So, you know, that's a mentality change for some new producers who are looking just to find an opportunity to quote something. And, um, and so that's, that's actually been a, a very successful program for us over the last, we've been running about five, five years now, I think. And, uh, and that's been great. But also as you get into a leadership role, you know, we do leverage our carrier partners for different leadership opportunities, trainings, but we do a lot of great, great things within our company. We, we've got amazing HR team members that will go through DISC, different emotional intelligence type of training with us. We'll go through maybe cohorts and classes uh, as a as a team, and then uh, so we try to tailor some of these things very specifically to the need of that individual. But sometimes there might be groups, whether it's the commercial leaders, all kind of work together and go through you know a class of some sort to kind of help them through that. But there's also uh, ways that we're looking into where you know how can we how can we give somebody an opportunity to to kind of dip their foot into more of a you know, a, a president role or something of that nature. And how that can how that can work in the future, and and maybe that'll that'll happen more so as you know we continue to partner more and more with uh, from each office to another office, and you know I think we're getting better at uh, also sharing talent across the organization when there's great opportunities in Grand Rapids, and you've got somebody in a different market who is ready for that opportunity and is willing to move. Um, I think that's a huge advantage to having a nice sized company with talent that's willing to relocate to continue to grow. Yeah. So. You know, I think we put a lot of opportunities out there. It's just a matter of, you know, what they want to put into it too. We do our best. I think it's great that client two-year client executive program for new producers. I think no, no matter how experienced a producer is, making that jump, making that leap of faith to join another business, but knowing that they're going to have two years of mentorship and support and help as they build up that that book of business together with you, I think that will give a lot of encouragement and a very good attraction because actually it's often the more senior and more experienced people who, who may be set in their ways or they've got their own way of dealing things. So it's really important that they transition into the business and adopt the same style of working that, that Highland adopts. Right. You know, and I know we're just talking about producers there, but I mean, we do do a lot of different things and we encourage a lot of education training on the service side as well. And we'll work hand in hand with those individuals as well to do stuff. So I've, I've heard so many times when I've talked to producers who've gone to some of the agencies 
around here, not even just the smaller ones, but the larger ones where it's, it's kind of sink or swim. And, uh, you know, I think Highland's got a pretty good culture of, you know, let's help you, let's help help you float. And, uh, and then you can swim on your own. (laughs) So. And what are the skills and behaviors that you look for when bringing in new talent? You know, for me, I, I look at people who, we've got a lot of good feedback from clients of what ultimately is the most important to them. And I, I think that kind of comes down to an individual who is responsive, high, high customer service yeah. is innovative, is someone who's going to think out of the box and, you know, not cram their, their thoughts down the person's throat, but bring them up in a way that it's a, a great strategic discussion. Mm. And, you know, someone who's, who's willing to, get out in the community. You know, I, from my perspective, uh, if you've got no aspiration to be community focused and, and give back, whether it's from a time perspective or, or financially, however you feel like you need to do it, it may not be a, a great fit for me and my team. Cause that's, I think really important. I think out of our 40 people, I think we have 40 people on boards of different organizations out here in Grand Rapids. And, and I think that's really a, a cool thing and it means a lot to me. And so, there's that. And then I think also just from a, an intelligence standpoint, I'm looking for people who can ask, you know, great business oriented questions. A lot of the, the theme of what I've been talking a lot about is I'm looking for business minded people. And I, I've had, we've had wonderful success um, with an individual who came from 20 years of being in HR and joining as an, getting into employee benefits and learning sales. It, it's been awesome and you know we've had a great experience with not you know people like myself who've come from the finance side and even the the law side has actually turned into some great people as well so i think looking for that that kind of talent is is almost more advantageous today than trying to steal talent from other agencies um and you know obviously if they're connected and they got a book of business they've proven themselves to be great then that's that's awesome but those people are really hard to move so it's nice to kind of find and grow talent from unique places yeah i love what you do there about finding people who know about business and can ask questions about business be involved in the business community and and really give back locally they're the well-rounded people rather than just technical insurance people you just uh, mentioned there actually about bringing in producers from other brokers what would you say is the largest challenge you face when attracting new talent and what are the biggest frustrations you have with the recruitment process yeah, you know, I I think the challenge is, um, you know, when you do when you are looking for talent, um, you know, it's not that it's not that we're not willing to pay for talent, you know, if it's the right person to make it work. But I think that there's a lot of our competition out there, and you know, especially the private equity backed uh, companies are are very much willing to put some massive price tags on individuals, um, you know, and and in my mind, I. <laughs> I want our people to be successful. And if you give them such a big price tag, you know, in two to three years, there's, it's going to be tough for them to be successful, you know, and, um, and I'd, I'd much rather work through a way that's uh, going to position them for success for the long run. And, and so when you combat that with, uh, you know, talent, so if they're really good and they're starting to look around, I mean, uh, sometimes we've we've come across places that are just putting some massive price tags out there for individuals and it's just like you know that's a waste of money you know you're you're 
<laughs> so, I mean, I guess I hate to say it like that. I mean, but it's sometimes it's, it's been interesting. So I, I think, you know, we've also, you know, dealt with that with people trying to recruit our individuals. Right. And uh, I've been blessed as I'll get out that our, our team has, you know, said thanks, but no thanks to, to a lot of that. And I think it comes down to their feedback was that's such a short term win. Yeah. You know, we're here for the long run and this is the kind of company we want to work with. And, you know, we're not going to take a, a short-term little bump in, in salary, <laughs> you know? So it's like you keep your financial hat on there, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it can bite me personally, because uh, <laughs> other people in my company say, if they're the right person, you get them. Um, I'm a little more picky, I guess. <laughs> Good stuff. And what, what would your advice be to any insurance executives out there look, looking or considering their next opportunity at the moment? What, what would be your advice be to them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I would really take a hard look at, um, you know, the kind of company you want to work with and, and kind of back to our last point is, you know, what's the kind of company you want to work with for the long haul? You know, I don't think this is an industry that takes too well to people jumping uh, from one shop to the next shop. Eventually you start to kind of get the, the red marks on you where is this person jumping around too much because they, you know, keep getting kind of their cards become shown after the first two years and uh, producing or whatever it might be. And I want them to find a place that they're going to be happy and a place that they can keep their service teams happy because, you know, I think you really can identify what the culture of a company is all about by the, uh, the tenure of their service team. Because I mean, a producer can stick around, you know, as long as they're getting paid. Right. So as long as they're producing and they're doing well, they can overlook a lot of the crap. And that goes on within the company and, you know, they might get frustrated, but again, they're not going to leave their paycheck. Now, if, if they're constantly dealing with stress because their relationships are in jeopardy because their service team keeps turning over, um, that's a real, that's a real struggle for a lot of producers. It gets really frustrating. And I, I think that happens a lot in the private equity space, mm. but it, it can happen in, the, in, in any of our spaces too. But, you know, I, I would, I would be, if I was looking into another company, I would ask the question of, you know, what's the, what's the retention of your service team? And I would want to talk to some of the service team members to get kind of the real vibe. And, and also, you know, what's the stance from the leadership on a lot of different key areas that could cause, you know, retention issues or, you know, a quick uh, jerk to a move that would, that would cut people, you know, and I'm so proud of the fact that, you know, I think our retention and our team is just fantastic. I, since I've been there, we haven't had anyone leave. We've only brought people in. And, uh, and most of those folks have been there for a while before. And I mean, when you've got a best in class service team, you can do a lot of great things. So that's the true testament of a culture, in my opinion. That's right. And you need a, you need a happy and a vibrant service team in order to hit the numbers and those financials that you want to achieve yourself. Right. So I think that's a great question to ask actually interview about the retention of the service team. Jeff, we've almost reached the end of our time together today. Before we go though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how do they go about contacting you after the show? You know, first off, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks Nick for having me and, and your company insurance search is, is fantastic. Uh, great partner. You know, I, I would just, again, I'd, I'd say, you know, as you're looking to, you know, grow within the insurance uh, industry, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, and as you want to continue to advance, you partner up with people that, 
that are doing those jobs and really learn from, you know, the pros and the cons that come with those. Cause I've seen a lot of times where we've had amazing producers, people on the sales side who are just looking for that next thing. Um, but ultimately they're better producers than they are managers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't, don't just take, go after the title, you know, go after what your passion is because, uh, you can be probably even more successful just continuing doing what you're doing, right? And so I think that's a, a good advice for some people. And also those who are looking to get into this industry, you know, find a company that's got a good development program, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier. And I think that's going to be very important for young talent as they come into the insurance agency world. And I guess the last piece of advice would be, you know, if you're a, a great producer and you you're having challenges out there, but you know, you've got the tools to be successful. Uh, personally, you know, I'd consider you, you taking a look at Highland to really try to find a company that can support you to really let go and really produce and do what you're, you're meant to do. So, um, or service your clients for that matter too. So take a look at that culture matters. And I think it's, uh, something we've talked a lot about today and ultimately that's going to be the area that's going to help you thrive. So I'd love to talk to anybody out there who's talking about that, or if they just want to pick, pick my brain, I guess the best way to contact me would be, uh, probably shoot me an email, you know? So, uh, my email address is Jeff, J-E-F-F dot lump, L-U-M-P-P at Highland, H-Y-L-A-N-T dot com. Thank you so much, Jeff. And we'll be sure to put those contact details on our show notes for anybody out there who'd like to discuss opportunities with you or to also discuss some of the issues that you've raised and talked about on the show today. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed having you on the Insurance Coffee House. It's been a real, real pleasure to have you on today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for uh, asking me to be a part of this. No, no worries at all. It's our, it's our pleasure. To all the insurance business leaders out there, whether you're based in the United States or internationally in the UK, Europe or around the world, we thank you for listening today and I hope you gain some valuable insight. If you do enjoy the show, please leave us a review on your podcast app and remember to download and subscribe to the Insurance Coffee House so you receive brand new episodes into your inbox each week. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House USA. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.